entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 279. And it's Tuesday, June 9th. 2020. Today we've got two uh, very interesting things to talk about and one announcement. Announcement is that today is my anniversary. Oh, congratulations! Going, is it, uh, going on two years? It's been two years. Going on year three. Hold it! I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh it's been two years. It's been two. So years. you're about to celebrate your second anniversary? Yes. Okay. And so the two things we're going to talk about today are. Lots of snacks. We've got four different bottles of... Five different bottles of, oh. of mayonnaise mixed with things. Mayonnaise mixed with things. And then announcement number two, we're going to talk about plane crashes. And that's with our guest, our co-worker, Wade. We'll keep your last name uh, anonymous unless you want to share it just for... <laughs> we, our, we don't want the militant fans to, to yeah. get after you. Yeah. yeah. Co-worker Wade. <laughs> co-worker Wade is here. Wade, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so, Wade's got some great stories relating to plane crashes that we're going to get to, but we do want to talk about the snacks so that we can start eating them while we hear... We are so hungry. ...all of these great stories. And, of course, we've got coffee as well from a guest. Um, do we have any feedback? No. I checked, and there was no feedback unless it was verbal. A feedbackless episode? That yep. sounds like a good episode. <laughs> so... Uh, should we get started with the edibles first? Let's get started with the edibles. I feel like it's going to take quite a bit I of time. I have one piece of feedback. Oh. Well, maybe you're pouring the coffee, Jeff. Uh, maybe, Wade, do you have any feedback that you'd want to share? Or any anything that's on your mind? Ruben, you're really putting me on the spot. Here. <laughs> <laughs> as far as feedbacks, I, I've listened to several of your podcasts. Uh-huh. And uh, they've been very entertaining. Oh, that's good. Uh, I actually liked them. Uh, my daughter and my wife was with me on a couple of them. They thought you guys did an excellent job, so I appreciate the invitation. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, Thanks for coming on. I think it's, it's always really encouraging to hear that someone listened to the podcast and shared it with someone else, and they also they didn't think it was terrible. They, yeah. they didn't tell the person they weren't to stop offended listening. by it. <laughs> they actually thought you guys did a good job. Well, good. <laughs> Wow. My feedback is related to the coffee pouring and uh, uh, co-church member Sarah uh, said that she just hates the sound of coffee pouring. What? Yeah. Does she also think that, like, puppies are ugly? Does she hate Probably. the sound of rain? She might. On a tin roof? We don't know. So, um, coffee pouring sound hating Sarah is the new name for her. <laughs> all right. That's easy to remember. <laughs> Um, was that all the, all the feedback? That was all the feedback okay. I had. And thankfully, I actually remembered the verbal feedback because we always say, don't give us verbal feedback because we won't remember it. Correct. Um, hey, well, all right. for, for just a little bit here, uh, while, while we're still like passing around the footages, um, the, the uh, edibles, uh, Jeff, how last week we talked a little bit about the fact that you bought a boat. Yeah. Um, did you check to see if she was seaworthy? Yeah. We went fishing Saturday and uh, caught five, f- six fish. Five, six fish? Six fish. That's a lot. And we threw them all back because they were too small. Oh. 
Do you need to have like a a, a fishing license? Yes. Did you, you have actually? One? But Saturday was free fishing day, but I did have a fishing license. Hmm. So you had a fishing license on free we, fishing we, day. We get that. Uh, yep. Um. Did, so so you need a fishing license even if you're catching for like you're not not for keeps. Right. If you're on a lake and you have a fishing rod in your hand, if you have a fishing rod in your hand and you are near water, you need a fishing license. Unless you're on your own. Unless you're on pond. your own property, yes, you're right. But what if it's, what if it's your own property that goes past, uh, like a public river goes past your property? Are you allowed to fish from there? Uh, no. It has to be a private water. Enclosed, okay. So if you, if you have a private pond, then you yeah. don't need a fishing license. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these things that we're passing around. So, All right, so we, yeah, go ahead. So Heinz, 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 Heinz launched this uh, line of of sauces, okay? Called saucy sauce. Saucy sauce. Saucy sauce. And uh, so they're a mixture of mayonnaise and ranch with different things. So the first one I passed around was mayo, mayo uh, and barbecue. Mayo Q, which is mayo and barbecue. The second one is mayo must, which is mayo and mustard. I think we talked about this. Yeah, we did. Uh, this one's mayo chup. Mayo chup. That sounds is, like a Mennonite sauce. It does. <laughs> and this one's cranch, which is ketchup and ranch, Ooh. which I am particularly interested in tasting. And the last one is an outdated, but uh, we're still going to taste it, uh, sriracha mayo. And this is not Reuben's sriracha mayo. This is... Um, from a scratch and dent store, sriracha mayo. Sometime I'll make my original uh, sriracha mayo sauce, uh, but not today. All right, I've got all, all the sauces on my dish, and you've introduced them all. Out of all of them uh, that I've poured out uh, onto my plate, we're, we're making little little piles of each of this of, of each of the sauces on our plates. Um, out of all of them, I'd say just just based on consistency, the uh, cranch is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess we'll find out. Are we gonna start with the uh, mayo cue first? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're eating this with uh, potato wedges and chicken tenders from Martin's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mayo cue, not bad. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Going into it, I was expecting these to not be as good as if I would have mixed them myself. But mayo is pretty good. Yeah. What, what do you think, Wade? Are you, do you like mixing sauces, or do you like your standalone <clears throat> sauce sauces? No, I'll I'll mix them. It doesn't seem to have enough barbecue mm. to me. It has mm. more mayo than it does the sure. The so barbecue. it's a little bit too mild, in your opinion. Yeah. It's a mild mayo cube. Okay. Um, are we gonna, Jeff? What do you think about the mayo cube? Um, I like it. It's good, but not not. I agree with Wade. It's it's it seems like it has a very mild flavor just because of not having that much barbecue in it. Mm. It's yeah. good though. Yeah, I, I throw it on a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I think what I like about mixing it myself is that it actually varies from bite to bite. Some bites might be stronger. Mm-hmm. Mayo, some might be stronger barbecue, and with this, it's just a very—it's—it's it's the same all the way through. Very consistent. So you like the—you like the mystery of it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The variety. Oh, okay. Yes. The different cadences. But it is—it is good. 
All right, we're going on to the next one. Yes, mm-hmm. the next one is mayo must. Mayo must. So I like this with with a potatoey kind of thing. This is my favorite type of sauce for um, fries, and in Europe they actually have this. Um, I think I had it in France. They call it fry sauce. Wow! Wow! And, and you know that's what it was. It was yeah. Mayo. I looked at the ingredients and it was mayo and mustard. Hmm. So I've never mixed mayo and mustard before. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's more of a. I, I don't think it's a very American thing at all. But I think it's really good with fries. It's got that vinegary, mustardy flavor. You know, uh, putting vinegar on your fries is good as well, like like mm-hmm. malt vinegar. Yeah, it's really good, and you kind of get that same flavor here, um, but with a little bit more moisture with the sauce in it. I really like it. Hmm. It's good, but I do like the the barbecue mayo better. Mayo Q. Mayo Q. Um, I agree. It just tastes more like a like a blander. Like a, a not so honey honey mustard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, but it's not bad. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, Cranch. No, Cranch no. is the last one. I, my apologies. Um, mayo chop. Mayo chop. Ketchup and mayo. This this should be good. It's very zesty. Yeah. I like it, but it just. It feels a little bit, um, what's the word? The Dutch word is glevelty. And just for what it is, like, it's got a good zesty flavor, but, but knowing that it's mayo and ketchup, it seems really, um, I don't know, like, like a little bit visc, a little bit thick. Mm. And it makes it seem fattening, in my opinion. Mm. Like well, when you're eating Let it. me ask you a question. <clears throat> Are the sauces designed for like chips and chicken or are they designed to go on burgers and hot dogs do you know that's a great question i don't know because, because it, it, it would taste a little different to me on each item i would mm-hmm. put it on mm-hmm. and probably it doesn't really say mayo chop would, would be better or would be more typical on a burger yeah, than, yeah. Than i think with, it would go very well on a wedges. burger yeah now like mm-hmm. the mustard Jeff, that you mentioned earlier, and being vinegary and malted. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife's from New York, and they always have fries, if you go anywhere, mm-hmm. with malted vinegar. Mm-hmm. So, that I there... I love that. Yeah, that there would be kind of... That mustard one would be kind of maybe a, a regional area thing uh, as well, sure. yeah. possibly. So, just not around here, but maybe a little yeah. bit more elsewhere yeah i remember when i first started dating my wife years ago uh i went to new york and she lives in the buffalo area and they had salt and vinegar chips and Mm -hmm. i had never ever heard of a salt and vinegar chip but Mm -hmm. they that was known in the area and i'm not sure if it was known because of the french fries and the malted vinegar that it got started Mm -hmm. in that area but lo and behold, ten years later, it's popular wherever mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. So, sure. And it was a mainstream um, brand of chips. It wasn't like it was a local chip maker. No, but it, it, was... it would have been like Lay's or um, I can't remember hers or whoever it, it mm-hmm. uh, was a manufacturer at the time. Mm-hmm. Guys, I will not be a good. Uh, 
what's the word to to Co- examine your Co- coffee ju- ju- judge judge <laughs> critic? <laughs> yes. Because I never drink coffee. Really? Right. Yeah. Well, so if you don't like coffee, you're not you're not required to drink it. So. No, I'm going to taste it, <laughs> but my opinion can be thrown out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Have you guys tried any of the chicken with any of these sauces? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the worst chicken you've ever had? <laughs> Where did I you get this from? It was microwave. I got it. I got it from Martin's. Oh. And I, I warmed it up here. It was. But this stuff gets tough the instant you microwave it. Oh. Like there's something about it that just, as soon as it the hits the microwave, evaporates. it just gets rubbery. Let, mm. let, 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 we got to keep it moving. But I think their their fried chicken is better. Anyways, next is the ranch. The, uh, the, the sorry, yeah, the crunch. The crunch, which is ketchup and ranch. This mm. should be interesting. I think it's good. Hmm. I'm trying not to be affected by the taste of cardboard chicken mm-hmm. in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I actually didn't say anything about how t- how bad the chicken was because I was afraid that Jeff had made it at home. <laughs> 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 so I was like, "Boy, yeah, this chicken's really awful." But <laughs> chicken. I don't know where it came from. So let's just talk about the sauces. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the the ketchup ranch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely better than. The uh, the mayo must, and also the uh, mayo chup, for sure. How do you think mm. it compares to mayo q? Mayo q is just different. Mm-hmm. It's not really better or worse. Yeah, it's just totally different. It's a little more runny. Yeah. Oh, one other comment about the uh, the uh, oh, mayo chup is. I, I know that it's mayo mixed with ketchup, mm-hmm. but I would much rather just have like if I were to put it, I would I would rather use it separately. Yeah, but still put it on the same sandwich. Mm-hmm. It tastes way better than with this premixed yeah. stuff. <clears throat> I think you can control the ratio a little better. Like, like usually I have a lot more ketchup on a burger than I do mayo. Oh, like by the time you spread the mayo thin and then you put the ketchup on. See, I would I be know. just the opposite. I don't think... would. So, are we pretty much on the same page? We wouldn't actually recommend these sauces. Yeah. Like, g- get your own separate ones and mix it to your liking. Yeah. The, the mayo cue is the only one that I would say maybe to as a dipping sauce. Yeah. Like, as a dipping mm. sauce is great, but, like, yeah, like you said, when you're squirting it on something, unless you're serving, like, infinitesimally tiny burgers... Mm. And you know you you don't want to get too much on you know but yeah. Right, what's our final sauce? The sriracha mayo, and I, it's the worst. It's not that great. I think it's partly because it's old and partly because it's it's like separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and very oily. Well, what they didn't tell you is how old it was, Leighton. <laughs> oh, oh, did you not know that? Yeah, it's expired. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> Well, at least you know it was before the coronavirus, so... <laughs> yeah, at least we don't have to, have to worry about cold. that. Yeah, it just tastes like... It tastes like vinegar, kind of. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to hand me one of those... Uh, sure, really, really we'll dry hand chickens? you our whole plate. <laughs> That's good. Mm, I'm good. All right. So, all together... I, I think we can all agree that... 
the Cranch and the Mayo Q was the best. Yeah. Like, it, the yeah. ones that weren't a complete flop. Yeah. I'm personally a fan of the Mayo Must, but... Oh, okay. All right. We've got some uh, exciting things to get to. Some some dangerous yeah. things. We have one more edible, but it's unrelated, and so we'll save it to the end. Okay. But we do have to eat it this week. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> wait, we didn't really introduce what you do or who you are. Okay. All, all they know is that they assume, unless you're a ghost, that you've survived a plane crash. Okay. So, maybe tell us a little bit, briefly, like, what what is uh, what do you do, who are you, and, and then tell us about how you survived plane crashes. All right. <clears throat> My name's Wade. I'm married. I have four kids. I have mm-hmm. uh, three girls, one son. Okay. And my flying began probably in the early 80s. Um, wait, wait, will you tell us how old you are? Yes. Or is that too personal? No. Okay. 59. You're 59? Wait, you don't look 59. You do not look... I honestly thought you were like maybe 50. Okay. That's impressive. Thank you, guys. Yeah. No, seriously. Well, you, have a, you have a lot of hair. I Which, do? Yes. Most of the older people that I know, like the people that are your age that I know, yeah. not like all, but... Coworker Darren, coworker Ryan. <laughs> my dad, like, yeah. it's it's gone. Yeah. Well, thanks, Anyways. guys. I, I also, yeah, I, didn't th- I thought you were maybe in your late 40s, maybe yeah. early 50s. Yeah. Well, cool. You guys are the first ones to say that. <laughs> so, well, you're welcome. Yeah. So, anyway, I got uh, I started flying probably in the early 80s. Um, I graduated from high school. Uh, I went to one year Bible college in mm. upstate New York. Okay. Cool. That's where I met my wife, mm-hmm. actually. That's a great place to meet a spouse. Yeah. Is yeah. that like at a Bible school? Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, I thought you were going to say in upstate New York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about the ladies from upstate yeah. New York. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I began flying, like I said, early 80s. Um, probably what, got what, my. What, what made you want to start flying? I'm not really sure. That's a good question. You just thought flying was cool? No. What. One thing about me is I have always enjoyed doing things that other people could not do, mm. and so so you're a you're a hey let's show these people how it's done kind of guy. I I've never marched to the drumbeat of people. Mm-hmm. I'm very independent, and <clears throat> I'm very much uh, like to experience things that maybe other people haven't experienced like in in my community mainly because Mm -hmm. there's people all over the world that experience everything i i do but to have done some of the things i do Mm -hmm. a lot of people are always like oh that would be cool or yeah so sure for me that was always exciting Mm -hmm. never to follow the crowd just do things on on your own Mm mm-hmm <clears throat> so, ended up getting my pilot's license. Uh, takes forty hours mm-hmm. uh, to get your pilot's license, and at the time, um, I belonged to a flying club called the Mentone Flying Club. Okay, and, and that's so from around here. It's actually uh, it's in Rochester now. Mm-hmm. It, it started, I think, it was in Mentone oh. um, at a small airport. 
and then it moved headquarters to uh, the Rochester Airport. Mm -hmm. And what that was was you would buy a membership, Mm -hmm. Uh and then that gave you access to a low hourly rental of an aircraft. Sure. And it gave you multiple types of aircraft to fly. So I trained in a Cessna 150 basically to get my hours and to get my pilot's license and then uh, moved up to 172 and then a Cherokee 180 and then a Cheetah uh, and then a tail dragger in a 140 and I probably I haven't flown for a number of years quite a few actually but at the time that I was flying I probably uh, ended up with about 200 close to 200 hours active when I was flying sure and so would a typical uh, after training which you said that was 40 hours yeah so you flew 160 hours after that was it typically just you by yourself for fun or was it like for a job specific or what was it was it for no it's just the thrill of flying actually Mm -hmm. so um once i got married or even while i was dating my wife because she lived in new york um i would fly from indiana to to new york to Mm -hmm. to to visit her Mm -hmm. basically and that's where one of the stories takes place actually so get let's get into these stories as you're talking about them go ahead and say them yeah Yeah, so uh one it was i can't remember if it was september august um my wife was out in new york and so i was going to make a flight out weren't married at this time or you were i really i can't even remember it's been that long ago yeah um i am guessing at the time i i probably was not married at the time but uh Fortunately for me, I had taken another person with me on this flight, and I was leaving probably after work, and so I was going to be making the trip at night out. Mm-hmm. And I am only a VFR pilot, which means vis- visually, yeah. um, visual, I can't even review or whatever. I'm not IFR, which is instrument rated. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. visually rated okay. VR. Sure. So, um, so, so wait, does that mean that you didn't know how to read the instruments, or you just didn't? Layton, can you get get a bit you're in front oh, of your mic? Sorry. You didn't use the instruments on the plane. No, no, we used the instruments on the plane, but with visual flight rule, yes, you have to stay so far away from clouds, typically. Okay. Um, oh, sure. If it's cloudy out, you can't go flying in them because that requires just using your instruments sure. for takeoff, landings, mm-hmm. approaches. Typically, you can get above the clouds and it's clear. It's the descents and yeah. the uh, takeoffs that make it difficult in yeah. uh, flying sure. in clouds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I took off this after work probably. I had a, a friend with me. Um, and <coughs> you f- you file a flight plan typically mm-hmm. so that if anything happens, they kind of know where you're at. Even if you're uh, a visual flight, you can file uh, a flight plan. Sure. Okay. And so I probably had filed a flight plan for this trip, and I was flying from Rochester 
to Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. basically. And that was pretty much a straight shot? <clears throat> it's pretty much a straight shot, actually. Um, and I can't remember because I've flown uh, several times that way, but on the trip, what ends up happening is <clears throat> I'm flying along, and all of a sudden, all of my gauges go out, basically, except for maybe the altimeter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And how long of a flight should this is normally this, take? It, it'd probably be a four-hour flight trip because okay. you can kind of look at uh, a car. If it takes nine hours, it's going to be about half the time in an airplane. Hmm. For one, That's you're nice flying faster, and sure. the other is you're flying as the crow flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you cut distance that way. But anyway, I was flying, <clears throat> and somewhere in Ohio um, – I, I lost all my gauges, meaning I lost my uh, radios. I lost my uh, gauges that would show how much fuel's in the aircraft and everything. What about speed? Um, airspeed, I can't really remember, okay. but I, I'm going to guess that airspeed is still shown because there's a, uh, I can't even remember what it's called. This is how long ago this has been, but it's like a PIB. Pitot tool or pitot or whatever, and it's what forces air through a hole basically that will tell mm. your airspeed. So it's oh, like wow. a mechanical, it's a mechanically yeah. operated device. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah exactly. Okay. So uh, I think our boat has one of those two yeah. functions. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm flying along and I'm, I'm like, uh oh, my gauges show empty, so I don't know. If all of a sudden I've lost all the fuel in my tanks or not. Were you afraid that you had a leak? Yeah, I was. So the first thing I did was have the uh, the person with me give me a flashlight. <clears throat> and I checked the uh, left wing and had and, and him it's, check. It's, the, it's dark. Yeah, it's night. It's okay. pitch dark. It's yeah. pitch dark. <clears throat> yeah. And the only thing that's shining is the moon. And um, <clears throat> what happens is you... You begin to wonder, okay, uh, do I have a serious problem here? Am I going to literally crash? Am I going to run out of fuel? Whatever. But one of the things I learned in flying was always fly the airplane. Always fly. That's the focus. Mm -hmm. You cannot focus about your problem so much, which means I need to keep my airspeed up. Mm-hmm. Because there's a certain glide path that air. Did, did your motor stop as well? No, the motor okay. did not stop. So um, that that was the great point. The motor didn't stop, and I could continue to fly. I just did not know how sure. long I could fly yeah. because have I lost fuel and and haven't been paying attention yeah. mm-hmm. out the wings and stuff. Did you also know like which direction you were going? Kinda? I did. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I had maps. Um, and even being a visual uh, rated pilot, um, there's going to be landmarks that you have on a map. Nowadays, it's different because everything is uh, like Garmin. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything <clears throat> the is. Yeah, and all this that. was the old analog system of yeah. a radio, basically, oh, back then. Sure. It wasn't digital or anything. Wow. Yeah. So, what would happen is. Um, I had a flight path picked out, uh-huh. so I kind of knew wh- where I was at based on how long I had left and sure. 
and you're tracking things as you go uh, to make sure you're not being blown off course, basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or, um, you know, you didn't set your heading just right because sure. a few degrees one way after a long time, you're off a long way. Oh, yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, we determined we couldn't see where there was any uh, uh, fuel leaking out the wings or anything. So we thought we were OK there. So what ended up happening was um, I saw an airport way off in the distance. I could mm-hmm. see a rotating beacon. Yeah, sure. So I had the person with me grab out. Um, there's a, a book that I carry with me that was about this thick that had any airport. Uh, for, for, mm-hmm. for our listeners, he, he's holding his fingers open about two and a half, three inches. Yeah. It, it looks like two Bibles stacked on top of each other. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, it depends which translation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I knew where we were according to the map, and so I had him try to look for a town. You have a big map out, uh, and so I could look at the big map, and you're flying in, in the dark, too, remember, at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. So there's flashlights that were working, and you have to be able to see, okay, this is my intended flight path. Mm-hmm. The town's over here. Okay, now I'm looking in this map. What town is that close to? Once you find that, now you got to go to the Bible. To the book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and basically thumb through it to find out what that airport is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they, do they have, like, the uh, like radio information so that you can connect to their control tower? Their Ex- radio to the control tower? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. But here's the problem. Oh, boy. Um. We figured out what airport it was, uh-huh. and their runway activates by your mic, how many times you key your mic. Oh, no. So the runway lights only come on when you key a mic. It's a remote airport. Okay. So they're not on all the time. Uh-huh. So like in this situation, I think you had to key, key your mic three times to get the runway lights sure. to come on. Well, the radios aren't working, so I can't <laughs> key... The <laughs> I can't key the runway to get the lights to come on. What's uh, you're with your your friend that's flying with you? What is he like? Is he frantic and freaking out, or are you are you is both? He more ex- is he more experienced than you are? No, he's a young kid. Oh boy, <laughs> so he's a young kid. What, what's the like? What's your uh, like? Are you worried at this point? Is he worried, or what's going on inside? Again, my thought is fly the airplane. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't get caught up in everything. Keep your airspeed up. Yeah. Head that way, and that's what we did. I made the choice to veer off of our path, head towards that airport because it's the only rotating beacon I could see sure. anyway. Yeah. Uh huh. So at that point, I'm not sure how freaked out he was, Ruben. To be honest, he was busy trying to help me, which probably. Uh, reduced his concern that sure. we're going is down. he behind you or beside you he's beside me oh okay he's good. beside me in this airplane and so um we th- the one thing that i had going for me was it was a full lit full moonlight yeah. night out so you can okay. see what's going so going i could yeah. kind of see could you see the ground when you were flying like could you look down and, and see trees houses not yet okay <laughs> But what happens is, uh, uh, so I'm flying at a certain altitude, and mm-hmm. you have to get into a flight path 
to make so, a landing. Yeah. So at some point, I have to determine, okay, what's their runway height, basically? How mm-hmm. high am I? How far do I think that is? And I've got to start making a descent down yeah, sure. to, to that level. Mm-hmm. And let's say we were flying maybe at um, eight, let's say eight to 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I need to start coming down. I can't remember how high I was flying at the time. But um, because it was moonlit and I had the the Bible, the book mm-hmm. of airports with me, um, it shows you the runways at that airport. Yeah. So it, it will literally have a picture on a, a page that says these are the headings of the runway. Mm-hmm. If there's multiple runways, you'll see whatever runways are there yeah does it also give their altitude it does it will tell it will tell what their altitude is above sea level Mm -hmm. for landing that's cool yeah is that still working on the plane that that, uh the altimeter is yeah yeah the altimeter is still working so we start making our uh way towards that airport and when i get over there not knowing if we're about to be out of fuel or not i tell the the gentleman with me i said hey i said we're gonna fly over the airport see if we can pick up the runway uh designations Mm -hmm. or headings basically and then try to make an approach into Mm -hmm. it so fortunately i was able to fly over the airport and actually see what the runway headings were and to verify so i could kind of line myself up with Mm -hmm. the runways Mm -hmm. so um you go out past the runway you typically uh, it's been a long time guys but typically hang a left Mm -hmm. which would go uh perpendicular to the runway Mm -hmm. get back in line with it on what's called downwind okay yeah and then turn for final approach in yeah so i knew the heading i was downwind was getting down to a level where um you're going to start cutting power back to come into the to the airport and from when i crossed over it i really thought okay this not going to be terrible we might go off the runway you know but it did not appear that there were any obstacles that sure. I could see yeah. from my height, basically. So we make the descent on final, and I get down, and now I see trees, and I don't see a runway. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I looked out my window, and there are treetops right there, man. And I'm like, holy uh, like cow. Right beneath Right plane. beneath my wheels, basically. Oh, my oh boy. <laughs> And so, uh, on a 172, I think probably a final approach is probably, I want to say, 60 knots maybe coming in. Um, And so, I get to where the trees are, and I'm looking at the fuel gauge is still showing empty. And I'm like, I told the kid, I said, hey, I said, uh, we're not going around when we get down. Once we clear these trees, we better be hoping there's a runway there. So we continue to skim, probably not five, ten seconds. It seems like a lot longer when something is happening. But we came out and uh, cleared the trees 
and right there was the runway nice. and uh <laughs> was able to make a safe landing at night um we uh, i pulled on a taxiway went to the uh staging area and basically shut the airplane off um i probably checked the fuel by yeah. looking in the caps to mm-hmm. see if we had fuel which we did have and uh sat there for a while there's a manual you'll go through if you have a problem basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i went through the manual and really the only thing that happened and had i known this at at the time i, I may have done things different but my focus was fly the airplane yeah uh-huh. and what had happened was a a breaker had gone off the alternator oh, yeah. basically which killed all my power yeah. so we sat there for 20 minutes reset and everything worked fine i took off and finished wow. the trip out <laughs> wow. Ooh, ooh. wow wow that's crazy was anyone even there at the airport nope no one was there so nobody knows this ever happened except for you and me your and, buddy yeah, me and a buddy and my <laughs> wife <laughs> did you uh, find a phone to call your your uh wife and told her that you're gonna be late or anything like that no i i don't even think that that i can remember i went through the book um thinking that because it it didn't start right away after we had taxied off the runway and parked because i thought okay well you got fuel let's let's test it so it probably didn't start i probably sat read the book a little or the Mm -hmm. strip instructions on what to do in this case and then found that the uh, fuse had had broke and my guess is i can't remember but my guess is i i probably even after it started once probably shut it off and then restarted it to make sure to make I sure wasn't that gonna it would ha- work. have an issue <laughs> the rest of the way in but yeah uh, yeah sure worked out fine wow that's Woo. good well you're lucky you're here yeah so that was one how many uh situations like that have you survived uh i'm gonna guess there's probably four maybe five wow (laughs) so would you would you like if someone said hey i think i want to become a pilot would you tell them yeah go for it or would you more say like okay you can but just know what you're getting into no i think i would encourage (laughs) people to to do out of all the times that i've flown and uh had an a situation occurred that could have been really could have been my last flight ever um i never felt that um i never felt i'm only taking one of these boys (laughs) (laughs) we're passing around the other edible um I never felt like I actually was going to die. Um, I would say this. If I ever felt like someone was going to die, I felt like my brother was going to die Mm -hmm. one time. Um, He was taking lessons the same time I took lessons, and he was two years younger than I was. And uh, probably towards the... mid 80s let's say 86 87 um they came out with planes called ultralights Mm -hmm. 
And those are basically an airplane that has a wing, a tail, a vertical stabilizer, and an engine that sits above you, basically, that in most cases, I, I would say is a, a two-cylinder motorcycle engine. <laughs> yeah. For, for lack of better wording for it, it, it really was very, very risky. And uh, I had flown the ultralight. And the thing about an ultralight, when you fly it, is th- there's there's no one to teach you how to fly it. Mm-hmm. It's a one-seater. Mm. So, so you just go. You just go. Are those the kind that you can fly without a license? Um, I don't think you can anymore necessarily. Okay. I think you have to have an experimental license. That's right. But yeah. at one point, I do believe they did not require a license. Mm-hmm. You could just buy one and take off. And so um, I had flown the ultralight, and it's really tricky. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, a Cessna airplane. Um, and I, I may have this wrong, but it, it'll be close. Is that um, on a Cessna, your glide ratio may be uh, 17 to 1. And you may have some some of your listeners comment that's that's way off, and it could be. What is a what is a glide ratio? A glide ratio means that for every foot you drop, you go out that many feet. Oh, gotcha. So sure. so the better the glide ratio, the longer you the can longer, stay yeah. in the air yeah. and you know try to make a recovery <clears throat> or pick a place to land if mm-hmm. you're in an emergency situation. Sure. So with an ultralight. Um, I like to refer to it as uh, it's like a bird getting shot. If you lose something, you're falling. It's that oh, fast. Their, oh, their wow. glide ratio is really bad. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. I, I can't remember if it's like a one-to-one, a one-to-two. Oh, man. I mean, oh, it's That's like, a 45-degree angle. Yeah, man. it's That's like just steep. drop like a rock. It's like terrible. And you talk about uh, unstable, and I am sure they've improved them greatly. This was mm-hmm. like one of the first ones that, mm-hmm. that came out. Hold it. And so um, when, they, they can't handle a lot of wind either. So, I mean, they're very, very sensitive to wind movement, um, the model that we had. And so, I'll never forget, my brother um, took off at the Rochester airport, and uh, I seriously thought I was going to watch him get killed. My wife is with me. A friend is with with us. And the thing about it is, is we're laughing the whole time Mm -hmm. watching him. I mean, he's trying to... This is not an airplane that we would take off on the runway, typically. We'd take off in the grass. And so what happens is, I don't know if you've ever been to Mm -hmm. Rochester Airport or by it, but there's a huge grass field to the south and east of it. And Mm -hmm. so there had been a path mode that we could land and take off with this airplane or this ultralight rather and what ended up happening was he took off and the wind caught and i mean he was rocking like this i mean if you can't see see my hands but i mean he was just going everywhere wow and just clearing building tops you know and just like yeah and i am like 
I am laughing so hysterical, my wife and our friend is, because it's funny, but in the same moment, we're all thinking, we're going to watch him crash and die. Yeah. You know, there's no protection <laughs> in this of of you. And to make a long story short, and it, how how fast is he going at this point? I he's mean, probably forty. Okay, which is not super fast. But, but he's flying from fifty or however tall oh, he was. Hi, yeah, he he would have probably been at any one point. He could have been as low as let's say twenty five feet off the ground wow. to as high as maybe a hundred feet off the ground. Yeah. Because he's just learning and again you don't have an instructor with this. <clears throat> sure. So he's taken <clears throat> off and it's quick learning. You better figure out real yeah. quick what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise sure. you may may land. <laughs> and maybe not the proper way. Oh boy. Uh-huh. And so um we come around one of the hangars and here he comes, man. He's, uh, we we think he's going to make a landing or whatever, man. And he buzzes a hangar, and I'm like, holy cow, this guy, he is going to die. And uh, <laughs> we we watch, and lo and behold, he manages to get it down to the ground. And he, and we all run over there and say, man, we thought you were going to die. And he's like, he did too. <laughs> think he was going to die. And. Uh, basically tell him look if you're gonna fly you better get back in that thing or else you're not gonna want to fly yeah. oh sure because you're gonna be scared to death <clears throat> yeah yeah and so once it sinks in it'll be like ooh, that's yeah. close yeah yeah and so he did get back in that and he took off right away like, yeah he took He's back like, off. well i almost died so i better go again <laughs> yeah 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 Woo. he took off and he greatly improved. Second time around, it was like, wow. boy, I, I need to pay close attention. This is no joke, yeah. you know, yeah. with what's going on. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, now, are those a little more unstable than the ones that you see where the guy, it's like a, I don't know if you call it a tricycle with a fan on the back and there's like a big banana a parachute above him? Oh, a paraplane? Yeah. Are, yeah. are those like, are those more stable than the one you were talking about yeah, yeah. a paraplane would definitely be more stable mm-hmm. because you got a uh an air uh foil basically above you yeah. so if you lose power you can at least descend yeah you, you might hit hard when it gets to the bottom yeah but i imagine i've never flown one i i knew a guy that manufactured those in oh, really? argus indiana sure called buckeye he was the guy who really created and and sold a number of these but i don't know but if like they, they were his idea i don't know that they were his idea but he he actually promoted them hugely and was they manufactured them and everything wow. out of argus and for years oh. he <clears> sold tons of well, those I, I, I used to see them all the time yeah i, I don't yeah. really anymore i don't know if it if you need a license yeah, to fly know, them. it's an experimental license probably okay. again but a lot of farmers uh bought them to check crops years ago they would oh, fly sure. their fields and stuff mm-hmm. and just check because it doesn't take much runway to get them off yeah, basically yeah. you yeah. can land in a short area well one of now my friends even drones. has one actually yeah. yeah one of my friends has one that you just strap on your back yeah and, oh, and wow. they're, they're, yeah. they look really cool. They look like a ton of fun. They're not yeah. even very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. They're like, you could have bought like, one of those instead of a boat. Like you can buy Jeff. a used one for around $2,000. Like They're yeah. very affordable. Don't know if you will buy used. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh, yeah, boy. boy. 
Well. Do we, uh, I don't know if we have time for stories two and three. We might need to have you back, yeah. Wade, uh, to finish those. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't mind saving them. Yeah. Yeah. For another, another episode. I don't, uh, I don't know if Wade wants we'll, to come back on. I know. We'll, we'll ask him after the podcast. If he, if we'll you, see what kind of feedback we get. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have two things yet. Um, we have the coffee to review and the second edible to review. Okay. Yeah. We, so. We, yeah. Let, should we do the coffee first? Let's do the coffee first. Okay. Wade has his thumbs up. Uh, <clears throat> both of them. This coffee's good. I think so, too. <clears throat> I agree. And, and maybe it was because of all the wild flavors that we had that could be kind of influencing our influencing decision. It. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I agree. I, it's a good, solid coffee. I, it's it's good. It's, uh, yeah. <clears throat> what do you think, Ruben? Well, what's I'm, what's I'm, your rating? My rating is, is between a four and a five. I, I don't know if I can justify a five because of all the other flavors that we were eating. I'm just yeah. not sure that... Uh, so I you'd rather error... On underrating something, yeah. than overrating it. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it a five. I think it's a solid five. It is. Really I tasted good. it before I tasted these other flavors. Now this last edible that I just ate is tainting the flavor significantly of the coffee. So yeah, um, hey, Wade, eat your edible. It's not bad. Yeah, it's really spicy at the end. Very spicy. This, this edible is uh, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, pickled buffalo style quail eggs. Uh, I, I personally am a big fan of quail or uh, pickled eggs oh, okay. uh, in general, but these things have got some zip to them, and they're smaller than regular eggs. They're actually easier to eat as well. I, just, um, I don't understand how they managed to make a buffalo quail egg. But they pull it off. It's the flavor, the buffalo flavor. Oh, I thought it was like somehow like Cross quail and, and a buffalo. buffalo eats them out. Hey, well, a couple things. The size of these eggs for hard boiled eggs or pickled eggs yeah. is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Like one bite, you don't have to chew. If you don't have to take a bite off of it, you just yeah. For those of you who don't know the size of a quail egg, it's, a, it's about the size of like a robin's egg. Yeah, a yeah. quarter, like like a little bit bigger than a quarter. Why do you think? Uh, I just found out that people eat duck eggs, and maybe you all knew that that was a normal I didn't know. thing. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you? I've never had a duck egg. Have Have you? No. Okay. Have you ever flown into a duck? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Have you flown into any kind of bird? Like, do you ever get like one like stuck in the wing or something, and you had to like dislodge yeah, I, it? I cannot think where I've had a bird strike. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, these quail eggs. Quail eggs. <laughs> they're good. I, mean, I don't know if I've had pickled eggs before either, but these are surprisingly good. They're kind of like hard boiled eggs with just a very strong. It's a pickled hard boiled egg is what it is, and it's got it's got some some zip to it. Yeah, they definitely have some some spice, no. some spicy. But it's peppers. got a good buffalo flavor. Like I like that buffalo sauce flavor. In totally. They're yeah. Anyways, this edible is from my grandma, mm. uh, Barbara. So have, grandma have you Barbara. had this before, Jeff? I have not. She just. I actually got to work the other day. It was yesterday, I think, and they were just on my desk. <gasps> and so I don't know. Did she stop in or did somebody drop them off? An edible came to you. Yeah, and so thanks, Grandma. An These edible are, to go. They're really good. We enjoy them. Anyways, back to the coffee. We didn't finish reviewing. Oh it. yeah, Ruben's got his rating in. Uh, we are at a <clears throat> four point three, so pretty high up on our list. We got two fours and a five. Um, Who's this coffee roaster? And where did it come? This from? coffee is Colombian Excelso. It's a medium roast, and you cannot buy it. What? Yep. You can't buy it online. You can't buy it anywhere. Well, how did you get it? Because it is custom roasted by my brother-in-law in law, Mark Troyer. Really? Wow. Brother-in-law-in-law. So how much is this? My sister-in-law's husband. Oh, 
I don't know. So a, a fellow outlaw. If you're, if you're saying, we, yeah. Is he saying he's the full-time future supplier of the French press? Um, like we can't buy it. He's I don't just think he's making that commitment, and I don't even know if he knows that I was planning on reviewing this coffee. Oh. This is really good. It it's was really good. good. And I don't this even is, like This coffee. is home roasted. They <laughs> <laughs> heard it from Wade. <laughs> well, I would love to try it again without all the edibles. Uh, sure. Taste in my mouth. Yeah. So. Well, and Mark, if you hear this, or Jeanette, his wife Jeanette, um, is my wife's sister, um, we're open to more. I wonder if you could make a special roast, and it's called the Ooh, French Press. The French roast. Press Wait, roast. Wait, didn't Main Street do that? I don't think so. Um. Oh no, no. We new, launched. We launched a new, a new flavor for them. Yeah. yeah. Drummer, they, bo- Drummer Boy Joe. Was it that? I don't know if it I was. I don't think so. It, it might have been like Sleigh no, Ride. Or something. No. It was a new. Um, it those was not a flavored old, one. And those were old uh, s'mores. Yeah, I, it, it I wasn't what flavor. it was. Anyway. Anyhow. Yeah, um, Wade. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. I do hope you'll come back and tell us how you survived uh, trip number two and three, and four, or <laughs> and, whatever and it is, and four or five. Yeah, and maybe so. I think the the readers would like to know what's your secret to surviving uh, crisis, and maybe you can maybe you can share that with us uh, next time. All right, uh, Layton. What's the word of the week? Well, let's first get to the point. Or let's get to the point. What's the yeah. point? <laughs> the point get is, to the point. The point is, we dare not forget the point. Uh, point number two, the French press is much better at judging coffee than judging Wade's age. Uh, <laughs> point number three, long before PWI was making ultralights, Wade was flying them. Uh, point number four, the last point, with ultralights, you need to sink or swim. And what's our word of the week? <clears throat> word of the week is flying.